I think what a lot of businesses struggle with is they've just built a business uh, that really didn't have any like foundation built on values or their beliefs. And then when they want to talk about it, everybody's like, whoa, wait, what? You believe that? You know, so it kind of can catch people off guard. And I think from the beginning, I've been very open and honest about my beliefs. And therefore, if anybody new comes on and they're like offended by it, I'm like, well, see, I don't need you anyway. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This week, I have with me Rachel Grandstra. And uh, let me tell you guys. Um, something I've always wanted to do years and years and years is what Rachel has, has done and she's done successfully. And, uh, if I didn't push record on this, I probably would have been bending her ear for the full hour and not let her tell her story. So I had to practice some restraint and, uh, welcome to the show, Rachel. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. So be fun. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Uh, this is, we made a connection through Brian, my good friend, Brian, who um, comes mm-hmm. to my events and is an incredible supporter of me. And I have a feeling he's a pretty good supporter of you as well. hundred percent. I mean, we yeah. would be not where we are today without Brian and all of his wonderful marketing skills. He's done so yes. much to grow our business. Thankful for him, for sure. He is a, a e-commerce marketing goat is what I call him. Yeah. Um, so he is really good at what he does. And like I said, a good friend of mine. So you have by default, an apparel company correct? called American Farm Company, right? Yes, that's exactly right. right. And by default is correct. It did not start out that way. I wasn't planning to have a big clothing brand. Just happened that way. Um, luckily, it happened that way. Yeah, like, so I guess it started as a, like, a, I'm going to call it a mommy blog. You know, like, back five, seven years ago, that was, like, kind of the thing. You know, like, mm-hmm. if you, like, stayed at home with your kids or anything, you had a blog. So that's kind of how that started. I was one of those. Um, I had twins at home, my husband farms, and it was called Little House on the Feedlot. So right off the bat, I mean, I was appealing to the farm wives out there, you know, the people that are in agriculture. So yeah, I just started writing. I mean, I would write up recipe blogs, just like lifestyle kind of tips and tricks and stuff. And yeah, all of a sudden I thought, wow, I got a lot of people here. Maybe I can sell them something. (laughs) So um, yeah, it started out, I had like a meal plan subscription that I did. I made like kids scarves. I mean, whatever. I tried it all. And then, yeah, one day I was like, well, I can do t-shirts because graphic tees have been in for like however long now. I'm like, that's pretty easy. I had like a local printer help me out. I supported a small business there. They printed them and I kind of sold them. Um, But like all was pre-ordering, you know, I didn't have money to buy all these shirts. It was like, if you buy the shirt, we'll make it and ship it to you. So that's what we did. I, I think I, I don't know, 50 bucks I started with and I just kind of kept putting it back in and sold shirts and that grew. And here we are four and a half years later, American Farm Company shipping all over the U S. Yeah. Yeah. And, and growing and building and uh, like duplicating your warehouse and 
yeah. all sorts of really cool things. And starting from a blog, we've heard these stories of, of people starting a blog. And really, I, what I believe is you're basically building an audience. Right. Unintentionally. Like you were almost, was it unintentional? Did you have like a business outcome in mind when you started your blog? I mean, people ask me that all the time. Like, did you ever think it would be like this? And I'm like, did I think it would be like this? No. Did I dream it would be? Yes. Like I've always kind of been, I've always been a big dreamer. Like I would be the person that like I emailed Garth Brooks and asked him to sing at my wedding. You know, like (laughs) I was crazy enough to think that maybe he would get the email and answer me. Of course not. But I've always been that kind of person. Like the big dreamer that maybe something will happen. I just try it out and kind of see where it goes. So, so yeah, I mean, in the back of my mind, I thought maybe someday I can make this into, you know, something that helps support my family and make money. And um, yeah, I mean, here we are. I didn't think it would happen this fast. So I'm so thankful for that. That's for sure. Yeah. Four and a half years, you know, it, that really is kind of like the overnight success rate. When you, when you look at what does overnight success look like, it's like four or five years. Yeah. Um, so did you have like, how fast did that blogs take off? Did you have like a hundred subscribers in a week or just to you kind know, of give us an idea of that growth pattern? Yeah. You know, I want to say, you know, I did so much of it like through Facebook. So it was like taking my Facebook people, sending them to the blog. That's how I really did that. And that was back in the day when it was a lot easier. I mean, even yeah, four and a half years ago, it was easier to get Facebook followers than it is oh, now. Yeah. It's like a whole different ballgame already. So back then, like I remember setting up a like ad where it was just an ad that like said little house on the feedlot in like my picture and it said follow. And I put $5 a day on that ad. I spent $5 a day and I would grow like a thousand followers in a month just from that $5 a day. (laughs) But, and not only like I was getting the right kind of people because they knew right off the bat, I was farm and a wife and all of that. And so, I mean, that really helped me grow um, through Facebook to send people to my blog and do it that yeah. way, for sure. Yeah, so. that's that's amazing. Those days are gone. I know. Like, it's just, yeah, it's, it's really so sad. Now. <laughs> but the people who took a, took took advantage of that are, um, it, it's been very, very awesome for <laughs> most of them. And I missed the boat. That's my fault, right? Like, it's like, well, well dang. I know. I mean, I missed the big boat, though. You look at those people like, probably like two to five years, even before me, like those profiles that have like 4.5 million, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Before then it was, it was just crazy how it would grow. Now you also look at their posts and they have like 150 likes. So it's not like, it's kind of a vanity matrix that way, but, or metric, but. Hey, before we get started, Imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. It's very, the, the, 
the metrics in social media are crazy. I think people think it's all amazing and yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's very difficult to get seen even by right. people who are intentionally trying to follow you. So yeah. you do this blog and you just offer a shirt. What was your first shirt? Like a, like just your brand name? Was it a cute saying? Like how yeah, did you no, come up were, with that? They were like cute sayings. I mean, they were like very generic, nothing too crazy special. You know, like I said, I was very like mom centered and very, I mean, my faith has always been kind of the front of my business also. Yep. So there was um, scripture, that kind of stuff on my shirts and then a little bit of farming. Um, and they all, you know, did pretty good. They spoke to my audience, but the farming ones, like once I had been cycling through designs and like, these are the ones that people keep coming to, you know, these are the ones that I'm selling the most of. So I'm like, clearly that's something they're not seeing elsewhere. You know, you can get a mama shirt. You can type mama shirt on Etsy and you find just everywhere. So that's yeah. like, it wasn't unique enough in that sense. So I really leaned hard into that um, farming stuff. And I realized there people couldn't get like realistic farm shirts. You know, you'd find stuff with, it'd be like a dairy cow and it'd be like eat beef. And it's like, as farming people were like, well, you don't eat like a dairy cow, you know, that you get milk <laughs> from that. We wouldn't know. We wouldn't know. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people realize like, this is authentic and real. Like she knows what farming is. So my shirts resonated that way. And that's how we got here. That's such a cool lesson right there. That is such an incredible lesson. I um, did a similar thing with doing the similar thing with the Buffalo. And I knew that I had to stay out completely away from like the Indian cult, like, like tribal stuff, because oh, yeah. that is nothing I know about. Right. right? I and can so, see that. Yeah. yeah. So you're like, you got to take that and yeah, do with it what you know about. Like a buffalo is not just a buffalo everywhere. A right. Cow not a cow. <laughs> <laughs> I probably would have designed. This is so funny. I probably, I, I love beef. So I probably would have designed the dairy cow on an eat beef shirt. <laughs> well, it, you know, we all, we all learn. We yeah. all learn. Yeah, I, there's but you a lot knew of your audience. That's the right. thing. Yeah. And I have a husband that knows a lot more about agriculture than me. So there'd be times that I'd be like, okay, does this look like the right kind of sheep? Like, is this right? And he'd be like, eh, maybe not. So wow. he's been super helpful that way. He knows it all. That is really cool. So did you ever think, like, really, like someone like me is like, is there really enough people in the farm lifestyle to build an entire thriving brand out of? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I used to be, when I started my business, like I said, I was doing the mama, the Christian, the farming, the, cause I'm like, well, that's all me, you know, like I'm mm -hmm. all of these things, but it wasn't until I realized like if I dive hard into one and I have this, like my own little niche over here, it just grows and grows. I mean, uh, we have a new shirt that says I am the 1% feeding America and 1% of Americans are in farming and agriculture. And that's what that's all about. And so you think 1% of America can like resonate with me. That's a lot of people. It's just 1% of America, but that's a huge load of people. I don't know what the word is. That's a lot of people to, you know, to market to. And then I think right off the bat, when people see my business, they know what I am. They know what our products are. They don't have to go searching for something that resonates to them. Either our business resonates with them or it doesn't. And that is when I started to grow exponentially yeah. is when we were like, we are American farm company and this is what we do. So that's really good. Do you have people 
you know, write in email or whatever, say, why don't you provide X, Y, and Z shirt or design? Do you get that a lot? All the time, all the time, like every day. Our, yeah, our girl that does customer service, she's just always forwarding me messages that somebody, and I mean, most of it is within farming because people, people love to be seen, like, right? Like they want to know that other people know what they do. And, and I, I guess my goal, yeah, is to every sector of farming that has a little part of American Farm Company, but also people don't realize like there are some of those sectors that are so small. You know what I mean? That to get super specific as a business owner isn't profitable for the business, which makes it hard. You know what I mean? Like right. there's people that are like, well, we do goat milk, you know? And I mean, like it's it's a great business, but for us to put a goat milk shirt on, like would we sell two where if I knew, did another eat beef shirt, would we sell 2000, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of hard to balance that. So, yeah, for sure. Do you play with designs? Just like throw something out there kind of like as a, like an idea, like I'm going to just throw this idea and see if it sticks. Like see what people think. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, okay. over the last couple of years, I've really tried to add some of those more niche farming ones out there, you know, just to mm-hmm. be like, you know what people are asking for, it, we're going to try it. Yeah. And you know, that it gives them the chance to get it if they want, but if they, yeah, again, from a business perspective, you can't take up warehouse space <laughs> and you know, all that extra work for something that's not a bestseller, which yeah, that's something right. you got to realize too. You, you know, your customers don't run your business. You know I mean? You're serving your customer, but is your customer always right when it comes to making decisions for the business? No. So you kind of have to ride that line, give customers what they want. If it makes sense for your business and the bottom line. So, yeah, that's really good. Listen to them, but also know that they don't understand the big picture Exactly. and they're just one of millions probably, exactly. you know, that are being re- represented. Right. That's, so you just talked about warehouse and I, I mentioned earlier, you're doubling that and yes. you went from just using a local business printing one-offs for you to warehouse Right. That's probably just been super simple and like a really easy path that you've taken from. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's like nothing. We changed one thing and here we are. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. When I sit back and just like think about the last four and a half years, I mean, we, when I first started, we lived in a tiny little, little house, which little house on the feedlot is what it was called. (laughs) And, um, I mean, I had no room to have any product in my house. We just had no room in it. So yeah, I was doing pre-orders, printing it at a local print shop. And then I would bring them to my house and type up every, <laughs> like, I didn't even realize you could do like bulk right. printing, you know? So I'm like typing every label and taping it on. Um, and yeah, we did that until we bought another feedlot, just like four miles from where we were at. So we moved here into a bigger house that had a basement, which was a big deal. So after being here for six months, I realized like I need some space to keep some product on hand because we're growing now. I can't do everything one off anymore. So my husband always jokes that he, one morning he got up really early and me and the girls were still sleeping and he had built me shelves in a room downstairs. So I had shelves on all of the walls and I think I used it for two months before we moved into a warehouse. And down. Wow. <laughs> so he's hey. like, I'm so glad I did that for you. <laughs> but yeah, we reached out like our town is so small. I, I think 400 people. Is how, wow. how many people are in our t- in our town here. We're in the country, but just right out right in town here. And there was like an old insurance agency on our main street that I don't think had been used. It still had the sign on it. And 
I just, small town, I just asked the postmaster, hey, who owns that building down there? Oh, it's this person. Here's their number. So <laughs> called them wow. and they were just storing stuff in it. So they let us rent it. We were there for, I think, eight months. And then in, in that process, we built our own warehouse. We bought some land wow. on right off the interstate. So we have a nice size interstate that goes and we have a big sign on the back that says support farmers. And now we're there. And yeah, we were there for 11 months and we're just waiting for the snow to melt so that we can double. <laughs> wow. Right now we're just jam packed, but such fun. a cool story. And I want to give people an understanding of um, how this works. I bought a hundred t-shirts a couple of years ago. I bought a hundred t-shirts for the brotherhood of fatherhood. Oh, yeah. And then I had custom boxes made and I bought 150 mugs and I bought some patches and I, you know, like a, like a member box, right? Yeah. Cool. Well, my office here is, I think it's a 12 by 12. I had no move room to move. Right. Just a hundred, just a hundred fulfilled orders to fulfill. And I had no mo room to move. Right. It's insane. It I does know. not take much to fill up a space. It does not. Absolutely yeah. not. And yeah, as you grow, like, like I said, you go from like just having enough to do what you're doing to like, okay, now I need to buy bulk. Now I need to get more of this. And then it's like, you got all this stuff sitting around and you can't, you can't function. So you went from blogger to kind of like dabbling in the clothing to full on clothing sales. Now, my understanding is you're in manufacturing as well or yes. well, fulfillment, not necessarily manufacturing the shirts themselves. Right. Exactly. Yep. We do in our warehouse, we do some of the shirts. So as we've grown, we've gotten to a point where we can't, um, do all of our shirts because we do heat transfers, which is like a yep. screen printed transfer and then you press it on. And we were doing them all ourselves. We would get new designs. Our ladies would do them. And we just, in Q3 and four of last year, we were, we couldn't keep up. We were like 11 days out to just fill orders because we were wow. so behind. So we use a large printer that prints bulk screen printing and then they mm -hmm. sends a semi to us and we unload it. So that's where we're at right now. Kind of towing that line of doing both, um, which is helpful. We've also added a ton of new products that's like manufactured specifically for us. We do like kids' backpacks, lunch boxes. We have some underwear for men. Mm -hmm. Farmer's water is one of our best sellers. Anything wow. we put it on, it sells like crazy. <laughs> so we wow. did some underwear. We're doing towels, all that kind of fun stuff for summer. So now we just need, yeah, that much more space that we can get these ready-made products in, store them ship them out the door. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. And here's what the audience doesn't know yet about you is you did this while raising twins. So yes. how old are your twins right now? They're five and a half now. So yeah, when I started, they weren't even one yet when I wow. started the blog, but like I said, you know, it was just kind of like part of my life doing it, blogging with them. But I think the whole, the fact that I have always done it with them because I was a stay-at-home mom full-time. It's never been like, I can't do this while raising them because I've always mm -hmm. done it that way. So as I've grown, it's just part of the business, you know, whatever my family comes first, my girls come with me to the warehouse every day. I homeschool them here at home. We're doing preschool this year. I mean, that's just what I do. Everybody at the warehouse knows that when I walk in the door, two crazy little girls are going to ride in on bikes and make a mess, <sighs> but it's, they're used to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I raised young boys while owning a business the mistake I made is they did come to me with work, but I was very distracted. So how do you manage that? Especially with homeschooling, 
you know, doing the homeschooling, running your business and making sure you're intentional in the time that you do have with family? That is such a good question. <laughs> um, I don't always do it perfectly. You know what I mean? That's something that I'm always trying to toe the line of. And as they've grown, it's changed. You know, when they were yeah. little, it was just like, keep them happy, keep them content, whatever. But you know, now they're like so much more aware of everything that's going on. They've got questions. They want to help. They want to do all that. So, I mean, I, I do my best personally to like, they sit in my office and they color and they'll do like little school worksheets while I'm doing emails and I do my best to do both. But the girls at the warehouse that work for me are so wonderful with my girls too. I mean, my girls will go team up with one of them and they'll go grab the shirts off the shelves and help them pack orders. I mean, they're kind of in it, you know, they get to help yeah. out. And I, one thing that's been super helpful as over the last six months, especially I've, I feel like I've hired the right people so that I don't always have to be at the warehouse. You know what I mean? Right. Like I know if I'm gone and I can't be in there, things are getting done. So it works better for me at this stage with them to do more work from home. I, they can be playing or doing homeschool while I'm on my computer. And then we go in when we have to, but I know things are taken care of. So yeah, it's that hard balance of giving the girls what they, the attention they need since I am the one with them. But also I think it's good for them to realize my, I don't, I'm not just here to give you a snack whenever you want. You know what I mean? Like right. I got on this call with them and I'm like, you guys are old enough. If you need something, if somebody's legs broken, you can come in, but you can wait 45 minutes and play, you know? So yeah. I think that is a good lesson to be learned too. You know, I think that, so too. Perseverance, yeah. self-sufficiency. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a pretty, a pretty good backbone to creating amazing adults, future yeah. adults. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> they know a lot yeah. more about business than I did like five years ago. So, I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're just you, in it. Yeah, exactly. You have mentioned multiple times your faith, and I want to talk about that and, and the balance mm -hmm. in faith and where that lands in your business. Cause I, this is something I feel strongly about, but yeah. um, you do have an, a new farm co-op. And so I do want to talk about that because I know you're super passionate about supporting farmers yes. and I think that's why you're successful. I mean, that, that is very authentic. It comes through. Yeah. It's very clear. So let's talk about the American farm co-op yeah. and then we'll go from there. Okay. So yeah. So we just started taking applications for the co-op and what it is, is a way for us as a business, like for American farm company to support other farmers by giving them a platform based on our platform. You know, we have all of these people that shop with us, that follow us on Instagram, Facebook, all our email lists, all of that. And we want to help support other farmers that are taking a commodity from their farm and selling it direct to a consumer, mm. because that is Very one cool. of the biggest struggles that farmers are having nowadays is it's such a monopoly they don't have a lot of options to sell their commodities. You know, like, especially for, we raise beef cattle. There's only a handful of places we can sell our beef cattle to. So it's, we don't have a lot of leeway. You know, we sell to who will buy and that's all we can do. And curious. that's for a lot. Yeah, yeah curious. Uh, this is going a different direction, but yeah. one, this is really important. What you just talked about is incredibly important. I think from what I hear and see and observe that yeah. there's more of a market than you guys know. It's just, how do you get to it? Because I would buy beef from you like hands down. And like, right. Right. A hundred percent. And I think that's the thing. Like 
me and my husband have talked about taking our beef and selling it direct because we have people ask all the time like yeah because there's local people that will buy from us and they'll be like oh my cousin in wisconsin wants some can you ship it to them and there are so many restrictions which is good in some sense right we want there to be restrictions on selling meat to people but it makes it really hard for people like us to have the right opportunity to be able to do that and be profitable so it's prop it's propping up a whole new model basically is what it probably sounds right right and i mean we can't just go to like our local butcher and get the meat back from them and ship it across the country you have to have a usda certified yeah and we i think our closest one is like two and a half hours away well we can't you build it right right and we can't truck you know two steers there and yeah we won't make any money so that's that's what makes it tricky, but it's definitely going that direction. I mean, you see so many farmers that are like seeing there's a need and a want for that. And it's a lot of work, but getting there, once they get there, it's perfect. And I think that's kind of the American dream. I mean, you're losing so many small farmers because they're just getting squeezed out. Like they can't make it work anymore. And I think this is the way to get those people back in the game, you know, sell your product, give the people, give the consumers what they want instead of just always selling to in, in the cattle world to the packer, you know, yeah. they, they tell you the price. You can't negotiate the price. That's what it is. Do you think that this, um, this co-op will help in this in any way? I think it is going to do a lot for our people because like we said, we're taking small farmers that have a product but it's just like you and me, like you start up on the website, you're just in a, a little fish in a big sea. You know, right. how do people find you to know that they can buy your beef or that they can buy your goat milk soap Co-op. or they can buy your pork sticks, right? And yeah. I mean, so that that's what we're trying to do is take these people that have taken that step and they're like, I'm going to do something different. I am going to take my product and I want to sell it to people that really want it. And we're saying, we've already got an audience that is yeah. very passionate about supporting farmers. And I mean, I'm a farmer, but we don't raise pork. So I'll buy pork jerky. I don't have goat milk. I'll buy goat soap, you know, like and sending all of these people that we have in our list of email subscribers and, our, and saying, hey, look at this farmer on our co-op. They can ship this to your doorstep. I and love I, this. That will be great. I so love this. Because that's where last, we're going. Yeah, this is good. The, I, the last thing I want to do is support, and, and I don't mean to be rude, but I don't want to support some massive company that's buying out farmers or like crushing them. And here I am buying that beef. I eat a lot. We right. eat a lot of beef. Right. And my right. wife and I talk about this all the time. We don't know where to buy it. Right. We're like, okay, there's these online places. Are they any good? Right. And then they get really big. And we're, and for us, it's like, who who small can we support? Right. But then they don't have the infrastructure. And it's, it's, it's the battle. I think Americans literally, if they had like, Hey, you know, Rachel's got this person that does this. You could probably it with a network, like literally my, my network, you could probably have a hundred regular customers. Okay. Right. Would that make sense to then kind of like start to put away for a packing service so that you could actually make the money right. and do it all in house and, and like co-op it in your area? Like, right. That's huge. That's how we, that's how we take back America in my mind. That's how we bring back that, the, the dollar back to the, the farmers because right. we all know what's going on and it's not good. No, it's not yeah. good. I mean, just that kind of the same example, we've had 
quite a few small, I want to say small, but like farmers going in together to start a new packing house, you know, to do it. And then the big guys just squeeze them right out, you know, because they, they have so much control. They can set the price. So then they, or they buy them out because they can't, they can't run it anymore. So yeah, it, it's not, that's not the avenue that's going to work. It, it has to be supporting the small farmers and the businesses that are taking their product and they'll ship it to you. And yeah. I think, I think this is going to help get those people that are doing that to their ideal customer. I mean, our customers are those people that want to support the farmers and give them. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually super excited about this. I, I mean, I oh, didn't even really you. know about the co-op, but just listening to you, it's like, I mean, I'm in Texas. I'm sure there's people that can provide things for me in Texas, but I know that you're kind of in that heartland, like original, you know, farming country. Right. And the best. The beast. last thing I, I like seeing is is corporations buying out farms, especially with this whole plant movement. You know, we could talk about why they're working so hard to make plants taste like meat. Oh, right. <laughs> There's a reason. Because <laughs> meat tastes good. Yeah, and we're actually we're actually stripping the nutrients that are so abundant in real food, real meat. I mean, I could go down this road, and I I'd hate to offend a vegetarian, but I'll do it any day because oh, absolutely, you cannot find the bioavailability of all of the nutrients that you need in anything more um, nutrient dense than beef. No, nope. like, yeah, it's absolutely not. It's being demonized, but there's enough of us out there that are we know. Yeah, we're not fooled. Yeah. And that's when Brian first shared your company with me, that was really kind of what was going through my mind is like, we have these farmers and they're trying to hold on and you found a way to, Hey, I got this thing. I can give people an identity through my clothing right. and we can, we can have this, this thing that we're all in together. Right. But um, being able to use that and then market each other and help build that. That's really exciting. I'm sorry. I got really excited about this. Maybe no, I just have thank too much you. Caffeine. You got me excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited it's... about it too, but it's so fun to talk about it because it is. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind of like what we've been doing all along. Like this is the big picture. Like we don't just sell a shirt that says support farmers. We want to support farmers, you know, and this is how we can, I feel like this is how we can take our growth and what we've been blessed with and turn it around and bless so many more people through right. that same thing. So, right. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, by the way, thank you for supporting my first event I did last year yeah, in September. We all got long sleeve shirts and it was much colder than any of us expected. So everybody was wearing their American made long sleeve shirt. So it was awesome. Well, good. I'm glad. Yeah. That looks like it was a fun event. It was I mean, an amazing father, event. Yeah, cool. yeah. I have had multiple women like, hey, can I just come I'm like no right. you can't no. it's for men uh but yeah don't we're you know doing what it a man again is? can we define a man? maybe we can't i said don't you know what a man is can't we define a man <laughs> we can define a man <laughs> oh i can't remember we can define a woman too but some yeah. of us just seem to have a problem with that right. um yeah so it, thank you and and it's really cool to when I wear that to kind of like, yeah, I know where this came from. It's really cool. And my son wears his all the time too. So, you know, it's, it's going around. My wife has one too. So I actually, I took okay. three. So I'll just let you know. I took three. Well, fine. <laughs> fine you wear them around and tell them who made it. That's all that matters. Yes. Um, so American farm company, we'll talk. I mean, it's your website is American farm company.com. Is that it? Yes. Okay. Yep, Super simple to find. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, you know, your beliefs, straight, staying true to your faith yeah. and your family. 
while growing a business? Like what have been the challenges in that area? And you can be as blunt and honest as you want. Yeah. I'll say one thing that's made it quite easy for me, I'll say easy, is that I built it on my faith. So from the beginning, when it was Little House on the Feedlot, and even when it was Rachel Granstra, and now American Farm Company, it has been built on my faith in Jesus Christ. So it's just always made sense to keep talking about that. I think what a lot of businesses struggle with is they've just built a business that really didn't have any like foundation built on values or their beliefs. And then when they want to talk about it, everybody's like, whoa, wait, what? You believe that? You know, so it kind of can catch people off guard. And I think from the beginning, I've been very open and honest about my beliefs. And therefore, if anybody new comes on and they're like offended by it, I'm like, well, see, I don't need you anyway. (laughs) So, I mean, I I think it's one of those things like the verse says, um, what good is it for a man to profit the whole world and lose his soul? And I think that's what I built a business on. I mean, I can make all the money in the world and grow a brand. And if it's not built on Jesus, what, you know, I've got nothing. So this is, this has been a real interesting journey for me building businesses. Cause I've never really staked my claim. Everybody knows what I believe, but right. it's never been like a part of like really strong in that yeah. until recently. Yeah. And I'm like, forget this in my podcast. I'm like, we're going to talk about this because this matters a lot. And I've watched other companies and it's been a really good example to me. I've watched companies plant their flag Mm -hmm. and their growth, their growth rise from that. Their, their business rise, their followers be even more, even if they're not believers, that's not their thing. They're like, Oh, this person stands for a thing. Like that's important to me. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know the businesses that are always just like, following the new thing, you know, that everybody's talking about. You're just like, you you don't have a backbone. That's fine. I agree. If you stand for something, whether I agree with what you stand for or not, the fact that you stand for something I think is, is important. And that's what makes a business grow. I mean, like Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is insane. I mean, every time we go to our local one, it's like three lines down the two blocks. You know, they're not open on Sunday. And they believe what they believe, and everybody still well, eats chicken. They still out earn the top fast food restaurants, and they're closed one, you know, a, right. a, a day a week. Yeah, a day a week, which is an amazing testament because they've they've set their standards. But I I have to since we're talking about Chick Fil A, yeah. I have to absolutely to to make a very strong stance. I am so overly frustrated that they made a cauliflower chicken sandwich or fake chicken I sandwich. No, I just saw that like yeah. a week ago. I'm like, no. I had a friend. Eat uh, chicken. I had a, I had an, I have an amazing friend, Luke Kajeri. He's so comedic and it's so funny. So he, he does these live, he does videos. He does live taste tests because he's a foodie. He loves food. Okay. So he does chicken sandwiches are his favorite and he's got, he's got a, so he'll have a Chick-fil-A and he'll have a Popeye's and he's like talking all through it. And so the last one he did was like, I'm going to do a real. And he was like, no, like, no, no, no. And then he started making jokes and they were so good. People were so upset with him. They're so, what do you care about what I eat? And he's like, you're selling your soul. This is ridiculous. But he, he literally had a post of a raw, a raw, beautifully formed um, ground beef with a little twig on it. He's like, this is my new. Uh, tomato. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he's going the opposite so direction. Cute. Why aren't we dressing up meat like vegetables if they're so great? Oh, and um, oh, people were hating it, but more people loved it. And, oh, right, 
Right. But pork Chick-fil-A, come on. <laughs> I know. That's a bummer. I hope they don't sell it and then they get rid of it and they're like, sorry, yeah. we did that. We shouldn't have done it. Yeah. So yeah. let me let me tell everybody the truth is that uh, I think a ton of farm, and you may or may not know about this, but a ton of farm con- or farms are being bought up by Bill Gates and his companies. Um, yeah. Very I, I large don't know amount. the details about it. So I have heard, and that is one of the scariest things I've ever heard. Very, he very, the, doesn't he own the most farmland in America? Yes. For like a, and, a single, I mean, his corporation, yeah. whatever, a person though. His, his whole thing is to make everything go plant-based. And you look at a person like that, he's got man boobs for starters, he's and he's gross. got a descended stomach and he's gross. a horrible, horrible human being. And you're like, how are we letting this happen? This, this is why I'm coming back to the co-op thing. Like, yeah. I'm so excited about that because Americans want these choices. It's a very, very, very small number of people that want this stupid plant-based stuff. And hey, yeah. if you if you grow the vegetables, great, whatever. I support right. you if you're small and independent. We would need veggies. Like, don't think yeah. I'm at anti-veggie, but no, absolutely neither. Um, yeah, the more we can get kind of back to the roots of really supporting farmers the more healthy we're going to be as a country. Right. Absolutely. It benefits everybody. You know, it's not just these small farms. It it truly benefits everybody. And I think I'm excited for the future of that for sure. I am too. And I like your outlook. I like that you have a positive outlook on it when things seem so glim from this point of view. Um, So you have this amazing apparel company, you have underwear, you have towels, you've got, Oh, I even saw jerky on your site once. Is that right? Yeah, we did our own line of of beef jerky. So we did that last year. We're going to bring it back. Hopefully that will be one of the businesses on the co-op also that we'll be selling. Um, our that jerky. would be awesome. Okay. All right. Rachel, share with us where we can find all of your stuff and where we can consume yeah. your products and buy them and support small, um, you know, farms companies right. that matter in America. <laughs> yeah. No, our main website where you can buy all our products is AmericanFarmCompany.com. When the co-op launches, which hopefully two to three weeks from now, we'll have that up and running. Wow. It will be through our main website. The co-op will be on there also that you can go to and shop all Amazing. of those products. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, at American Farm Company. Easy as that. That's, that's awesome. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on here. I really appreciate you. And Thank uh, you. I'm a huge fan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to the Stories That Sell podcast. If you appreciated the content on the show, be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week.